This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. <laughs> oh, folks, I'm... <laughs> oh, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. Here on Pain.TV, we are honored to be here for episode five. I'm laughing because I was just coming down the, the stairs into the basement to the studio, and uh, I stand uh, about six foot three inches tall, and I hit my head uh, as I was coming down the stairs, and my wife said to me, oh my God, are you okay? And I turned and I said to her, is the hair okay? That's what's important. It's part of the logo. It's part of the brand. Um, so <laughs> that's the things you have to worry about here at pain.tv is the hair. Okay. But, uh, no, listen, we came off of episodes one, two, three, four, and four. We kind of veered course away from sort of the, the technocracy as far as the AI hive mind, neocortex, the nano robots in your bloodstream goes. And we talked a little bit about frictionless shopping being controlled by Israeli defense and this gig work economy here in the grocery world, Instacart in particular being controlled by investment through CIA or CIA partners. And today, as I promised you, I've been working on a show on Elon Musk and uh, featuring a little bit of Dennis Bushnell, chief scientist at NASA for the last 40 years. And we're going to be focusing on Elon Musk's company, Neuralink, which is the brain chip that he wants to put inside your head. You heard me correct. It's the brain chip that Elon Musk wants to put inside your head. And as I was doing 18, 20 or so hours of research on this topic, I realize that I'm going to have to break this up into probably two episodes, maybe three. And so that's fine. I'm going to sit here and record all this today and get it down and then decide if we have to break it up. But just to explain before we get into this, because it's very in-depth and it's very important, part of what I've been doing over the years and especially the last few weeks as I've been preparing for this show, I've been doing a lot of research, catching myself up on the technocracy. I've been focused a lot on the World Economic Forum and the Fourth Industrial Revolution the last couple of years, but now I had to go back to my research I did years ago on Elon Musk, and now the pieces are finally coming together as I've been discussing it here on the show, doing the research. I've been working through all the steps, connecting the dots. And so let me just draw a big picture for you of what these technocratic madmen, these oligarchs, these hackers, these pirates, these criminals, these thieves, these, these gutter scum, mad scientists, Dr. Frankenstein's and their prophets, 
like Yuval Noah Harari and Ray Kurzweil are aiming for. And this is going to be a hard pill to swallow, but again, I call it the gold pill because I am Dustin Gold. And this is the truth. This is the truth, and it sounds crazy, but trust me, I'm doing the research. Now, they could be lying about the capabilities that they have. They could be. I don't think they are. And let me just point this out. We'll show this on another episode. I didn't have time to edit it for today. But let me give you a for instance. So down in Boca Chica, Texas, which is pretty much the furthest southeast point of our southern border with Mexico, Boca Chica, Texas is where Elon Musk's SpaceX is located. And so you drive down this long road, Boca Chica Boulevard, I believe it's called, and that goes all the way out to the beach, a beach um, along the Gulf of Mexico. And if you take a right onto that beach, you can walk down about a half mile, mile, and that is where the Rio Grande River dumps into the Gulf of Mexico. So on the other side of the Rio Grande River, you will see a bunch of Mexicans fishing there, some coming right over the border. There's really no border patrol. And then up along the beach, Uh, where you started at, where the road intersected with the beach, is SpaceX. And that is when you're facing the Gulf, that is on the right-hand side, and if you go back about a mile up the road, on the left-hand side, there's another piece of SpaceX. And I was there, uh, I believe it was 2019, 2019, I went there with the host, conservative talk host I used to work with, and we filmed a mini documentary on the border called Border War. And that was my first experience of seeing SpaceX in person, and I really laughed at it. Um, It looked like a high school science experiment with basically paper tower rolls standing at uh, 300 feet high covered in aluminum foil which were supposed to be rockets. There was a couple of big satellites, chain link fencing. It looked like a construction zone, essentially, with some with some tanks and such. And I have video of this. And I have a relative who lives about uh, 20 minutes from there, the way the crow flies, uh, 40 minutes in the car. And they had been sending me video that they personally shot over the last couple of years where Elon was testing rockets out of SpaceX, the rockets that go up in the air and flip around and then come back down and land, showing some of them exploding. So for people on Twitter who do not want to believe this is real and want to believe that that is all CGI-created footage, now some of it could be, the moon landing could be, but that stuff is real. So I was back down there in December of last year, 2021, going into January of 2022. I went down there for Christmas with my wife, and we went and saw SpaceX. And oh my God, how things had changed in just a year or two. Now there's a giant wall that wraps around this. Elon has been buying up all of the properties and the cottages inside of this area of Boca Chica. And I have inside information 
personal firsthand knowledge that Elon threatened a lot of the people who live there. He emails them personally. I believe it's actually him because I do believe he manages his Twitter account as opposed to some celebrities who use public relations agents and marketing people to manage their social media accounts, at least in part. I believe Elon Musk is actually the one getting in fight with with people on Twitter as he did with Mike Moore of the Thomas Paine podcast when he called him a welfare queen and Elon blocked him which we will get into a little bit of that in this episode. So Elon emails people personally. He says, I want to buy your home. I want to buy your house. I want to buy your property. People say no. He offers very little money, like $100,000 for a house located in sort of the Bay Area in these swampy marshes. They're little retirement cottages and such. And so as he does eventually get them, and uh, he has a system obviously tied into the government very similar to an Amber Alert, where you get a text message on your phone when someone's missing. When Elon is going to launch a rocket, you get a text message when you live within that 40, 50-mile radius of SpaceX that will tell you that he's going to launch a rocket. Be careful. Your windows might blow up. And so he uses that to threaten people down there. And he's been buying up all the land. And I have video. Once he buys these cottages, they're smaller, 800 square feet, 1,200 square feet, 1,400 square feet. He paints them black. And then they're equipped with the uh, Tesla solar energy and also with the Tesla car chargers. It's really creepy when you drive through there. Uh, All of the houses have the Tesla charger in front of them and a Tesla car in the driveway. And then uh, down the street, he has another area where it's temporary housing for his employees where they all live in Airstreams, all those aluminum, you know, chrome-looking Airstream RVs. And so he's been battling with the government down there in Boca Chica. And this is reported in the local newspapers. I have not seen it nationally, but I really haven't looked. But when I did last year when I found out about it, I could not find anything. He's been battling with the local government trying to take over the city. He wants to own it and basically kick everyone out and change the name to Space City. So he's not a very nice guy, as people have come to believe. Elon Musk is a dangerous person, especially in the last several months with the buildup on whether or not he was going to buy Twitter and he was going to come in and he was going to save my free speech. He's going to save free speech. Elon is the savior of free speech. He's a real life Iron Man. He's Tony Stark. And don't think for a minute movies like Marvel are not created to build up these superhero trading card heroes as Mike would call them so that they could sort of be a parallel to the guys in real life that we see, very similar to Elon Musk and Tony Stark. He's just a cool, hip guy that builds military technology and artificial intelligence with a plan to take over the world and control it as one giant prison planet, but he's nice and he's like Tony Stark. Well, that is not the case, and we will show you that in this episode. What we are going to focus on first is I am going to show you Elon Musk's history in which he supposedly was warning us because he loves us. He was warning us 
about the dangers of artificial intelligence, while at the same time building artificial intelligence. He was warning us about the dangers of the AI hive mind while actively participating in the construction of the AI hive mind. He warns us about the dangers of chips in our heads, yet he actively is architecting and building chips that go in our heads. You see, he is a forked tongue devil. He talks out of both sides of his mouth. But not in front of two different audiences. He will literally sit there and tell you AI is dangerous and we are summoning the demon while at the same time telling you he's building it. He says, well, I tried to talk to a group of governors. I tried to warn Congress. I went and I hung out with Barack Obama and told him. And Obama said to him, let me be clear. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, I love this artificial intelligence. No, he did not say that. But he did go in front of Obama. He says he talked to him. He said, Obama, listen. But no one will listen. No one takes it seriously. So AI is inevitable, and it could destroy humanity. But if I'm in charge of it, then maybe it'll be okay. Maybe humans won't die. But see, at the same time, he paints this picture of the end of the world in less than 25 years. That this entire civilization could collapse because AI is going to be so powerful, it will be smarter, more powerful than humanity. And therefore, civilization could collapse. Yet, he's actively building it. Yet, he's actively promoting it. Yet, he's actively raising investment capital to continue to build it. So we are going to show you this, prove to you, that he is a fork-tongued devil, liar, scumbag, that he is a welfare queen, and then we are going to show you what he said about artificial intelligence, then we are going to get into the inner workings of Neuralink, the brain chip company itself, and then we are actually going to show you, as we did in episode four with Instacart and Customate, the two grocery-related companies, we are going to show you who actually backs Neuralink. Who are the investors in Neuralink? I mean, I think it's important if you have a kid that likes to put on a virtual reality or an augmented reality headset, and eventually they want to move on to putting a Neuralink brain chip in their head so they can play video games inside their brain as the thousands upon thousands of comments on these YouTube videos clearly appear that there's people waiting for this and they think Musk is a hero. I think it's important for you to understand, one, that the technology is here, two, it's rapidly advancing, and three, that you need to keep your children and grandchildren as far away from this as humanly possible. And you need to understand who's actually funding it.
If you're going to put it in your head, wouldn't you like to know who the hell is behind it? Who's putting the money into it? Because that'll tell you by who they are, what their intentions are, and why they're so interested in putting a brain chip inside your head or maybe inside their head and they're going to get superpowers and we are not. Who knows? I have my theories. But when we come back from this break, I am going to explain to you the architecture of this technocracy and the fourth industrial revolution and where they want to bring it to by 2030 and 2040. And then we are going to take a close look at Elon Musk and begin to analyze him, his intentions, and his doublespeak before we get into Neuralink and the technologies behind Neuralink and then eventually the money men that are funding this Frankenstein technology. I am Dustin Gold and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. We are, we are back from the break. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back from the break. I am Dustin Gold and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. And we are delving deep into the mind of a madman, Elon Musk. So put on your hazmat suit, folks, because this is going to get dirty. Seriously, this is some crazy, crazy stuff. I want to show you a quick video. It's a cut I made from Joe Rogan's podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience, from 2020. And this is a clip where Rogan asks Musk after a long discussion about artificial intelligence and Neuralink, the brain chip company, he asks Musk about where he sees this technology going in the next 25 years because Musk had just been explaining that the technology is sort of reaching exponential growth where it's almost doubling in capabilities every year. So let's take a look at this clip And then I'm going to explain to you the architecture of the fourth industrial revolution, the architecture that combines what Ray Kurzweil and Yuval Harari and Elon Musk talk about. We'll lay that out and then we'll go a little further into Musk. We're going to take this a little bit of time. This needs to go slow. It's complex. It's complicated. Some of you love and praise Elon Musk and I have to deprogram you. Others have seen stories about him, but haven't gotten the full picture. Trust me, it took me a long time to put all the pieces together and to really understand what this is all about. Let's take a look at this clip from the Joe Rogan experience. When you're alone, if you have free time, I don't know if you have free time, but if you just sit down and think about this iteration, the next, onward, keep going, and you drag it out with improvements along the way, and leaps and bounds and technological innovations and where do you see it what are we going to be like when 20 25 years from now what are we going to be well assuming civilization is still around um it's looking fragile right now um 
I think we I think we could have a in 25 years probably something I, th I would think there, there could be a whole brain interface a whole brain interface something pretty close to that yeah how does how do you define what do you mean by whole brain interface um like almost all the neurons are connected to uh your the, the sort of ai extension of yourself okay now if you're a little bit confused about what he was talking about don't be don't worry because we are going to delve deep in to what happened before rogan asked him that question we are going to be analyzing two long clips today one from elon musk's first appearance on joe rogan in 2018 and one from his appearance on joe rogan where that clip came from from 2020 he has since appeared again in 2000 2021 i watched that when it came out i need to reanalyze that before we actually work it into a show but if you saw what he was saying is one it was his little fear mongering that he does that in 25 years it well, if civilization is uh, still around, if civilization, civilization is uh, still around, you know, because he has to play this game. But that went into a long discussion on COVID, and we don't need to get into that, nor do I care what Elon Musk thinks about COVID. But he also talked about an entire brain interface. See, that's an extension of the technology we're going to be learning about in this episode and the next episode, which is the Neuralink brain chip. Elon actually believes we go from, and think of the brain chip, we're going to get into it, but so you have an understanding, it's a like an iWatch size piece of technology, and you'll hear Elon in his own words, uh, I want you to hear it first from him, but basically he talks about cutting a hole in your skull and then putting this iWatch inside that's connected to Bluetooth and it plugs into your brain. And uh, eventually the whole top of your head will be cut off and you'll have a huge metal plate with all these wires that go down into your brain and then you'll be able to connect up to the AI hive mind neocortex of which is Ray Kurzweil's wet dream. And he's a really cool guy. But let me explain the architecture and what this fourth industrial revolution, this fourth industrial era this false industrial revolution looks like. What these guys have in mind, as you saw through Ray Kurzweil, is that at first they're focused on biohacking our biological natural body so that they can get two, three, four, ten years of additional life out of our biological body. To get them to this point, where they can biohack our biological body and really fight back on disease and aging. And that brings them up to this period, five, 10 years from there, where they will be able to put nanobots, which are tiny robots, inside of our bodies through our bloodstream that will repair all our cells, stop disease, and end aging. Now, they've been talking about this for a number of years. So, Right now, we don't really know what stage they are at. Kurzweil projected sort of the nanobots and the singularity where AI becomes more powerful than the human and renders the human obsolete. 
Kurzweil projected that for around the year 2045, but there were going to be major advancements in this technology and at least get them part of the way there by 2030. Along with that, you have the UN's Agenda 2030, you have the World Economics Forum plans with a lot of goals and deadlines by 2030. We don't even know. I'm just being honest and I'm not ridiculing or criticizing anyone who I think was drawn in to the fear of death or the fear of bringing death upon others during the COVID land uh, era and people that ran out and got the boosters and got the jabs first. I, I just, if these guys were going to do anything, I feel like they are intelligent enough, smart enough, conniving enough that they would not have missed an opportunity when 50, 60, 80% of the world's population lined up to get the jab that if they were going to put any kind of nanobots in people's bloodstream that it wouldn't have been done then. Remember, the pharmacist, your doctor, people at the VA, Veterans Administration Clinics, they don't look at the vaccine when it comes in a vial under a microscope. They don't do that. They just plunge in the syringe, take out the juice, and put it in. So I'm not criticizing anyone. Uh, I know some people really believe that they were going to save themselves or be able to protect others. Some people had to do it because of work, and if they lost their paycheck, their family could end up homeless. And I get that, and I sympathize with you. I do have compassion. I, I actually I am afraid that these technocratic oligarchs may have done something like that. I hope I am wrong. I really, really do. Or if it was a test run and they are going to try to do something like that later down the road, uh, that people don't fall for it the next time around. But what they're doing is they are getting to this point, these oligarchs, these technocrats are going to get to the point where they put nanobots inside their bloodstream and then these nanobots are supposedly going to repair all the cells and stop aging. At the same time, they've been using all of our interaction, all the human interaction with technology from in your personal life to in your home to in the workspace, you know, through your iPhone, through your Android phone, through Amazon Ring cameras, through Google Nest cameras, through Alexa, through the Google Home devices, through Siri, through our smartwatches, through traffic cameras, through all of the smart appliances in people's homes. They've been using all the data they're collecting to build their super AI hive mind, which will be like this, just just think of it almost like Jarvis in Marvel um, in Iron Man, a super intelligent artificial intelligence, which they claim they are going to beam back into your head and it will be a third layer of your brain above the neocortex, which will allow you to expand the neocortex because you will have access to all of the knowledge in the world. And we're gonna we're gonna get into this through must words through his interviews with Joe Rogan and let him explain it. So essentially there's this AI hive mind neocortex that's a third layer over your brain that allows you to access all this knowledge, and that is actually going to be done through devices like Elon Musk Neuralink, and there's a couple of companies working on this right now, that goes into your brain and allows you to tap up into this artificial intelligence neocortex, 
right, and gain all the knowledge, and then your body will be constantly being protected from disease and protected from aging from the nanorobots inside your body that will be repairing your cells until the point in which they believe, and they say this, Kurzweil has said this, that there will be these non-biological nanobot forms that just come together, very similar to one of the Iron Man suits, where these nanobots come together and form these non-biological bodies in which then they get to the point where they can take their brain, their thoughts, their mind, upload it, they call it their consciousness, to this AI hive mind of which then you can download your mind into any of these biological or non-biological nanorobot formed bodies so you're basically mind jumping and then they reach immortality so <laughs> i know i know it sounds crazy it sounds crazy but trust me i'm not the one sitting over here smoking pot doing psychedelics drinking a bunch of booze or running around uh, doing ayahuasca or dmt like rogan and his guests no i'm actually straight i'm sober this stuff sounds nuts, but the companies exist. The investment capitals behind it, as you're going to see. The intelligence communities are behind it, as I'm going to show you. This is very real. Very real. They have these technocratic oligarchs like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, Peter Thiel out there running these companies on behalf of the government with government money developing this Frankenstein technology so they can reach immortality. And if you believe that they're going to put nanorobots in your body and a brain chip in your head and connect you to the AI hive mind neocortex so that you can live forever and be the smartest man on earth, you're crazy. So my theory is that either one, they are building this technology for themselves or two, they're building this technology, but it and it is for us, but it's for a different purpose than what they're saying. So maybe they're getting version 20, which is this, turns them into a walking, talking, robot, AI, hive mind, superhuman. Uh, and we're getting something that turns us into an eternal slave. And we're going to get into this technology in future episodes, which is where they're turning humans into batteries and to DNA storage hard drives. So we may serve a purpose to them after all. Let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we are going to start analyzing Elon Musk in his own words. I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. All right, folks, I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. And we are back from a break. I just explained to you 
And mark that down. Mark that down. It'll be episode five, segment one, after the first commercial break. That is a clip that you should take and share with people because I just explained to you the architecture of the fourth industrial era wet dream. Okay, as Klaus Schwab would say, the false industrial revolution. And so right now, I'm going to show you something. We're going to go a little out of order because over the commercial break, I said, you know, just in case, just in case you think what I just told you was crazy or what Elon Musk says is just marketing and just BS, I want to introduce you to a man named Dennis Bushnell. He is a 40-year chief scientist at NASA. This clip is from 2018, four years ago, 2018, where Bushnell was speaking in front of a group called FIRE. It's Future in Review. And one of my other bones, excuse me, I hit my microphone. One of my other bones to pick, as you may have noticed episodes one through three, is with these people that claim to be futurists and they're touted as these great prophets like Yuval Noah Harari or Ray Kurzweil. They are not futurists. They are the engineers and architects of the actual technocracy. And so when they say, artificial intelligence is coming three years from now, and then they sit in a lab with their buddies over at Google or over at any of these other technocratic front companies, and they develop said technology, and then it comes out a year or two later, they are not a prophet, they are not a futurist, they are the engineer and architect who put the software and the technology together. So let me show you Dennis Bushnell, because this is coming from a high-level NASA official. Now, the gentleman introducing him in this clip is the chairman of FIRE the Future in Review organization. And the reason why I'm going to let him play is because he reads Dennis Bushnell's bio. I do not feel like reading Dennis Bushnell's bio, so I am going to let him do it because he does a pretty good job and it will show you all of the credentials that Bushnell has. Now, you may believe that Bushnell is a kook or he's just some government welfare queen like the rest of these people, which is true, but he has influence, he has power, he has all the money in the world to develop said technologies. That is why it is important to listen to them. Because we can't sit here, as I told you with the situation in Boca Chica, Texas with Elon Musk, and I will be going to Texas in a few months, hopefully, to go down there and film a mini documentary or multiple episodes with interviews with people who have been threatened by Musk and who have firsthand knowledge of what's going on down there. But you can't discount these people when they tell you what they're doing and what's coming because they are the ones building it. On behalf of the government, they are building it. It is real. You cannot pretend it does not exist. Do I wish it would go away? Yes. I was the last generation. I'm 41 years old. I was the last generation that grew up without an iPhone in my pocket. Okay, when I went to college, 
1999, I bought a flip phone. I did not have a smartphone until the first iteration of the Apple iPhone, and I bought that because I was in graphic and web design, and I thought it was cool. They got me with the adoption campaign. Steve Jobs sucked me into the world of Apple. But if I could go back, I would say we could do without the Internet. People say social media is damaging society. It's Internet that has destroyed humanity. So, am I a technophobe? Do I want all technology gone? We will address that in future episodes. I believe it's very difficult to create a balance between natural life and technology. I actually don't believe the two can coexist, but I will explain that in detail and in depth in future episodes. Right now, let's go to this clip of Dennis Bushnell, first the chairman of FIRE, the Future in Review chairman, is going to introduce Dennis, and then what I did is I took an hour and a half speech and question and answer segment. I cut it down to only a few minutes because there's a couple of key points. So I'm probably not going to pause in between those. I'm going to just let them play, and then uh, eventually I will do a full analysis of the entire speech. But right now, let's just focus on the part about brain chips. Here we go. Dennis Bushnell. I've had the benefit of knowing... Dennis Bushnell by email for a while now and it's been a real pleasure and as you all know I know all of you by email too and email is a pretty interesting way to know somebody it turns out and uh, it's particularly interesting when you got somebody who's a brainiac and so I would I would say something by email like what do you think of that and then about 20 minutes later, I'd get this 40-page document back from Dennis all about everything that's ever been thought about that with 10 pages of, of documentation behind it. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. And I'm really, really pleased that he's with us this evening to share his thoughts with us. Uh, now, I often do this, and I'm going to do it again tonight. Uh, Dennis is an overachiever. I'll just put it that way. And let me just add before the chairman... Um introduces Bushnell, um, the FIRE conference, the Future in Review conference, is an annual conference focused on the intersection of technology, economics, and geopolitics. And each year, they meet to discuss the role of technology in solving the world's most pressing issues. For panel discussions among global leaders, to pitches from cutting-edge startups, workshops, on skills and built-in networking opportunities. They've been bringing the FIRE tribe together for 18 years to problem-solve, innovate, and act as a cohesive group. And there's all types of business people, technologists, futurists, influencers, and such that go to this conference. Elon Musk has been featured there. And they talk about technology, and they talk about all of the technology that they're building, developing, and getting ready to deploy. And then some of these people like the futurists can go out and they seem like they're geniuses or some of these futurists work for corporations and they help formulate business strategy and product development. So they're not really predicting the future again. They're just meeting and discussing technology and how they're going to build it. And then they get to go out in the world and actually build it. And there's no way when I start reading this to you, which I apologize for in advance, you'll understand why I'm reading it instead of trying to paraphrase it. So as you already know, he is chief scientist at NASA, Langley. As chief scientist, 
Dennis is responsible for technical oversight and advanced program formulation with an emphasis on atmospheric sciences and structures, materials, acoustics, flight electronics, control software, instruments, aerodynamics, aerothermodynamics, hypersonic air breathing propulsion, computational sciences, and systems optimization for aeronautics, spacecraft, and spexes. That's the first paragraph. Dennis is a member of the National Academy of Engineering, a fellow of ASME, AIAA, and the Royal Aeronautical Society, and a member of the TechCast panel, a group of international experts engaged in technology forecasting. He has served as reviewer and editor for 40 journals and organizations and has made seminal contributions in the area of biofuels, biomass as petroleum replacements sourced from wastelands and saline wastewater via halophytes and algae. You getting all that? You see all that? This guy is highly qualified and highly capable of building the fourth industrial revolution technologies. Dennis developed the riblet approach to turbulent drag reduction, high-speed quiet tunnels for flight, applicable boundary layer transition research, advanced computational approaches for laminar flow control, regenerative aerobraking for Martian entry, electron beam freeform fabrication, and advanced hypervelocity air breathing and aeronautical concepts with revolutionary performance potential. <laughs> That's what I said to Dennis just now. <clears throat> now you'll see these people are laughing. These are insiders. They're very much into the future. They're very much into technology. Uh, he has contributed to national programs including Sprint, HSCT, SST, Fast Ship, Gemini, Apollo, Ram, Viking, X-15, F-18EF, patent holder for the fix to the wing drop problem, shuttle, NASP, submarine, torpedo technology, America's Cup racers, Navy railgun, maglev trains, and planetary exploration. Dennis originated and organizes a yearly workshop for the U.S. Army Training and Doctrine Command, TRADOC, on future technology warfare, out of which has grown the Army Red franchise, the preferred national security future operating environment utilized by the U.S. Army, Navy, and Joint Forces Command. You see that? So this guy is even involved with training the military. Obviously a slacker. <laughs> Dennis, please come up. <laughs> okay, here comes the mutant himself. Dennis Bushnell. Now, again, you're going to see, I, I chopped this up into segments. So you're going to see a couple of different types of technology that he's talking about. And we're going to lead up to him talking about brain chips. And it's very important because the technology that he's discussing, uh, particularly metaverse, uh, living in this sort of televirtual world and then the brain chips is all in line with what Ray Kurzweil and Elon Musk and Yuval Harari and others are developing and 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 praising and you will see Bush now even credit Ray Kurzweil and credit Elon Musk he's a fan of these two and in future episodes we will break that down even further and show the connections between uh, this man and Musk. Obviously, the big one is Musk is a huge uh, partner of NASA now. Dennis Bushnell is the chief scientist at NASA. As you can see, we are not only shooting rockets to Mars like Elon Musk wants to do, we are going to shoot a brain chip into the back of your skull. But first, I am going to take a break. My name is Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. 
You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. All right, folks, I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard, and we are back. We are in the middle of a video featuring Dennis Bushnell, 40-year chief scientist at NASA. And if you missed the last segment, you're going to want to go back and listen to the introduction to Dennis Bushnell by the chairman of FIRE, the Future in Review Organization. But right now, let's get into the technology that Dennis Bushnell discusses. Here we go, Dennis Bushnell in his own words. Dennis has access, as I mentioned in the agenda, to an incredible array of opportunities and technologies uh, from the bottom of the ocean throughout outer space. And this evening, he's going to share with us uh, ideas of some of the largest problems that we face and some of the solutions we might find there. Thank you. Okay, boss. Uh, Good evening. And for those of you in the audio-only audience, Dennis Bushnell standing at a big podium, and he looks like Kermit the Frog if Kermit the Frog lived through nuclear fallout. That's basically what he looks like. As Mike Moore of the Thomas Paine podcast called him a lemur, and that is very, very accurate. Among other activities for NASA, the National Security Apparatus writ large, and the academies, I work, where is it all going? Major text issues and opportunities. So we're going to start off with a Cook's tour of some text, then briefly the societal issues, and then I'm going to describe four greater than a trillion dollar a year new business opportunities going forward to address the major societal issues, and then some. Okay, and again, what I did is I cut up some clips. So this is the beginning of the speech. I wanted you to see what his speech was going to be about. And again, I will eventually analyze the entire speech as an episode, but that's not all important right now because we're focusing on brain chips, where they come from, who's behind them, uh, who invests in them. So he's going to go into a couple pieces of technology that I pulled out that I believe are very important and relevant to what we're discussing today. So let's do text first. Uh, The poster child coming out of the IT bio nano quantum energetics tech revolution is of course uh, AI robotics and autonomy. The computers got big enough around 12, enough data so that we could do neural nets seriously and increasing number of niche areas as you all know, uh, many at or better than human. Then there's, because of the success of the IBM Blue Brain Project, which some of you may remember, there's now human brain projects here in Europe, China, at a billions plus dollars a year to nanosection a neocortex and replicate it in silicon. Okay, you hear what he just said? He was talking about artificial intelligence. And again, this is very similar to Klaus Schwab's book, from 2016, the fourth industrial revolution. 
okay, which I told you in episode maybe four, that that was a progress report. It's an annual report. It's a state of the union, a state of the company, basically a state of the technocracy in which he's delivering this information to the key stakeholders, the key players, the oligarchs, the CEOs, the trade union bosses, the uh, association heads, uh, company executives, chairmen, stockholders, and such. That is what Bushnell's doing here. He's giving you an update on the technology He's giving his audience an update on the technology. A lot of these people are futurists who are frauds, and then they go out into their influencer roles, and they talk about the future is coming, this is the technology that's coming, and then they get to look like prophets, but really what they're doing is pushing the adoption of this technology, making it seem hip and making it seem cool, as Elon Musk does. Then he just talked about creating the AI hive mind neocortex built in silicone, which I told you was going to be the third layer of the brain. And you're going to see Elon Musk explain that in his own words later. Let's get back to the video. For human level brain replicants in about five to 10 years, people are now projected. Uh, and uh, Ray Kurzweil projected all that around 2000. See, he gives credit to Ray Kurzweil for projecting and he projected nothing. He was involved in the development of it. So all he did was project when he thought his own project was going to be completed. And there's teletravel with five senses virtual reality, which is now commercially available. And so therefore you can do anything you want virtually. It's all in our heads. The rest of this is just to keep the head going. Okay. And uh, you can walk down a tropical beach anytime you want. You can feel the sand, feel the wind, okay? You can do this at any time you want, with anyone you want, be anyone you want, and do anything you want. It's all in our heads. Okay, what he just explained was the metaverse. Again, this video is from 2018. The term metaverse didn't really exist. They didn't create that branding until later. But he's talking about five senses teletravel in which you can walk down a beach, you can do anything you want with anyone you want, you can be anyone you want. And we're going to watch a Ray Kurzweil video in which he talks about 10 years ago, he started to promote the concept of the augmented reality, virtual reality metaverse, in which he went into this metaverse world and played a teenage female rock star. So what Bushnell is telling you is that the technology exists, and as he said, the important part is that it all exists in your head. And your head, your brain is the important part. The rest of the body, he points to his body, is there just to support the brain. But remember, they want to connect your brain to this hive mind and then eventually upload your consciousness. And then you can put your consciousness into any other body, whether that be biological, natural, or a body created from nanorobots. This is serious. This guy is the chief scientist at NASA. This isn't your crazy, drunken uncle who lived through Vietnam and suffers from PTSD and uh, side effects of Agent Orange. This man is powerful, he's influential, and he looks and sounds like Kermit the Frog, very similar to a Bill Gates type, you see? We can go into the metaverse. It'll be fantastic. Yes, you can put on a VR headset and be anyone you want. If I don't want to be Kermit the Frog, I can be Miss Piggy. That's basically who these people are. 
telesocialization, the kids in the kindergarten are now texting people across the playground instead of going and physically interacting with them. Some people hate this, but this is just the human evolution of the humans. This is what we are evolving to. Okay, you see what he said? He was praising the fact that children now carry around smartphones and they text each other at the playground or dinner or in restaurants. I've seen it firsthand, as I guarantee all of you have. If you let your kid have a smartphone or a tablet, you probably see it every day. But he's praising it. And as you see, he used the key tagline there, the human evolution of humans. Musk talks about that. Yuval Harari talks about that. And what they're really pushing there is this concept that we humans are so powerful that we are going to take away natural life, biology, evolution itself from whatever our natural creator was or is. They are going to harness it. They are going to control it. So now humans will control evolution of humans. And many of them actually speak about how the true, the creator, the natural creator, natural evolution was too slow. Therefore, they are going to harness it. It's like a lot of these uh, orthodox religious organizations that want end times to come faster during their natural life. So they go out there and try to provoke end times. That's the same thing these guys are doing is they're sick of waiting for evolution to take its natural course. They believe that humans could engineer evolution and engineer the direction in which we are going. And we are space hardening humans with uh, bio countermeasures for radiation. We are currently extending human life at 0.3 years per year. We've been doing that for a while now. We have another year, you get another 0.3 years to live statistically. Stanford medical people and others with all of the CRISPR stuff, all of the bio business that's going on, they say 10, 15 years, we should be extending human life at one year per year, which is a fairly interesting number. Okay, so he talks about CRISPR. It's CRISPR-Cas9, which is Genetic Modification Program. And I have a geneticist that hopefully is going to come on the show. We're going to talk about that because he's kind of an expert in that area. And he knows all about uh, this Chinese scientist who's actually engineered the first non-human human life forms. And so what Bushnell's talking about is uh, genetically modifying humans to be able to go into space or go out on the battlefield. And he's praising uh, that technology. Again, guys, this has to do with... When, when he just talked about life extension is what Ray Kurzweil talks about. He has to get to a certain step in which his life will be extended long enough to make it to the next phase, which is to get the nanobots and then upload his consciousness into the cloud. See, all of these guys are connected. They're all working off of the same game plan. They all support the technocracy. They're all about reaching this fourth industrial revolution immortality. But see, this is the other problem. They are also the same people who talk about climate change, pollution, and overpopulation. So if they're bragging about the ability to extend life, 
by 0.3 years for every year you live, and then eventually one year for every year you live, and then eventually immortality. Why would they do that for all 7.6 billion people on the planet Earth if they're afraid of overpopulation and food shortages and such? They don't want us to live forever. I know Dennis Bushnell does not love me or Elon Musk does not love me. They don't wake up to serve me. They are not worried about my health. So why would they want us to live forever? So either they're building this technology solely for themselves or what they're claiming the technology is going to do is not actually going to be for that purpose. Or again, they're going to get that super program and we're going to get the slave program. Uh, those of you that are not yet taking NAD plus and AD plus, you really ought to think about doing that. Uh, this doesn't delay aging, it reverses it. And it works. See, now he's pushing sort of, again, vitamins, minerals, things are not bad. But he's doing the same thing Ray Kurzweil does. He's telling that to his audience, not to you and me, that they should be taking certain supplements to reverse their aging. And again, he's talking to a group of futurists who are going to go out on their YouTube channels, go out into the arenas in which they speak, and they're going to be... Uh, pushing this stuff onto other people and promoting the concept of immortality, the concept that technology in this new era is going to be good for humanity. Humans are now becoming cyborgs. We have cochlear implants to hear, artificial retinas to see, artificial hearts to live, artificial limbs to move, artificial organs to functions, and brain chips. There's a couple hundred thousand people wandering around with brain chips now to fix congenitally defective brains and increasingly to fix memory and other things. DARPA's working on brain chips for super soldiers. And people are now working thanks to uh, Musk and other people funding uh, direct machine brain communications. They, they, it's not us versus them, us versus the machines. We're merging. And this is the human evolution of the humans. There is no more natural evolution of anything. People are convinced that the human evolution of everything is 10 million times faster than any natural evolution. And so this is just part of the human evolution of the humans, which will apply in a little bit when I talk about something else. Okay, let, let's really break down what he said there because it's all very important and he covered a lot. Number one, he said that humans are basically cyborgs to begin with. You will see Elon Musk discuss this. And what he is referring to is that our smartphone, our computers, our tablets are an extension of us and they claim that it makes us smarter, therefore we are cyborgs already. Remember, this is 2018, he is the chief scientist at NASA, and he said that he has brain chips in a couple hundred thousand people in 2018. Then he goes on to praise Elon Musk for Neuralink and for pushing this technology forward, and then he goes on to repeat that human evolution in a biological sense, in a natural sense, is dead. This is the human evolution of humans, and this concept of natural biological evolution is over. Remember what Yuval Noah Harari, the prophet of the Fourth Industrial Revolution, the king philosopher to Klaus Schwab and others said? He said, free will is gone. 
This idea that you have a soul is over. You have no spirit. You must get used to the fact that you are a hackable animal. And you see Bushnell saying, human evolution, human evolution is over. This is the human evolution of humans. Biological evolution is gone. You have no free will. You have no soul. You have no spirit. You are a hackable animal. Human evolution in a biological sense is done. It's over. These guys are mad scientists. But again, they are super powerful and super influential. When we get back from this break, I am going to show you a NASA document written by Dennis Bushnell explaining brain chips and then another article because Bushnell brought it up that the government is building super soldiers. Well, that is all very real and you need to know exactly what they're doing. I'm Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard and I will be right back. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Hello, folks. It is me, Dustin Gold. And I am back. Ready to take on the technocrats expose their evil plans and as you can see they're exposing themselves because they don't hide this stuff folks I am Dennis Bushnell and the uh, the human uh, evolution as we know it in a biological sense is over this is the human evolution of humans folks I am sitting here for the audio only audience with my Kermit the Frog Puppet doing a Dennis Bushnell impersonation. I'm going to have to really get that voice down and add him to this show. But I need to bring up a document for you. This is very important. This is a NASA document from nasa.gov, from their website. This is not made up. It's not conspiracy theory. It was not a document produced by Alex Jones with the goddamn lizard people. I'm Alex Jones. We're going to take some vitamins. We're going to take some super male vitality. We're going to take some anti-aging, foaming aging, anti-globalist foaming aging. We're going to rub it all over ourselves. It's going to be good. It's Alex Jones with InfoWars. And we are here to battle the potbelly goblins over at NASA. No, this is not from InfoWars. This is from NASA.gov. And this is a document titled Disruptive Technologies and Their Putative Impacts Upon Society and Aerospace Entering the Virtual Age. And why is this document important to you and to me? Because it was written by Dennis M. Bushnell, Langley Research Center, Hampton, Virginia. And this document was published in November 2020. It's a 21-page report. I have not gone through all of it yet, but I eventually will. And if it's good enough, we will do an entire episode on it. Let me search here for brain chips. This is under a section called Increasing Cyborgism. 
And let's read from this beautiful document. Humans, and I, I would do the Dennis Bushnell voice, the Kermit the Frog voice, but I can't carry it for that long because it starts to hurt my throat. And Mike Moore warned me before I started this podcast, get used to it until you build calluses in your throat and you can make it through three, four, five hours a day or whatever he's doing, some crazy long podcasts over there at the Thomas Paine Podcast. But if you stumbled upon me, I suggest you look for the Thomas Paine Podcast on iTunes or visit Payne.tv and listen to Mike Moore as well. And listen on Fridays with Mike Moore and co-host Maria Albanese. She's been a friend of mine for five or six years, a fantastic researcher, and she understands the tenets of the false industrial revolution. So let's read. Increasing cyborgism, uh, humans have long utilized various devices approaches to augment and or repair their bodies. Among the earliest were false teeth. I believe George Washington had a set of teeth that were not actually made of wood, but made of whalebone. But among the earliest were false teeth. Structural prosthesis, uh, for example, wooden legs and glasses. To this list were added hearing aids and toupees, which I think Ray Kurzweil may have a toupee, but that's beside the point. To this list were added hearing aids and toupees, and recently a collection of implants, including cochlear implants for hearing, Rush Limbaugh actually had those, artificial retinas for seeing, artificial hearts for living, artificial limbs for moving and functioning, or as the homeless man when I went to college in Philadelphia used to do, we called him Boomerang. He had a fake leg that didn't fit him properly. It strapped on on the thigh. He was amputated from about mid-thigh down and his leg would turn backwards and flop around and it looked like a boomerang. So we called him Boomerang when he was drunk at night in the alleyways when we were leaving the bars, he would take off his artificial limb and hit us with it. But let's move on. Currently, there are serious efforts to print internal human organs. That's actually happening. They're printing organs on 3D printers. An arena that will have massive impacts going toward involves brain chips. And the reason why I'm showing this to you because is as crazy as Elon Musk and others sound, remember, this is Chief Scientist Dennis Bushnell at NASA who actually has access to more money than Musk does to develop this and has the ability to do it without much oversight because he works for the government. An arena that will have massive impacts going forward involves brain chips, initially to fix brain issues, but increasingly to augment brains. And you're going to see Elon Musk when I show you how he uh, pushes the adoption campaign, how he pushes this propaganda to sell the masses on the idea of uh, brain chips. He will say initially it's for brain issues, but increasingly to augment brains, meaning at first, they're going to sell you that this is for people with MS or gotten car accidents to fix their brain and make them be able to walk and talk and move properly. But eventually, it's going to be to augment the brain, connect the brain to the AI hive mind, and make all humans smarter and immortal.
Let's get back to the article. There are major efforts ongoing to develop superb computer brain communications and interactions. That's what Neuralink is going to be. We will show you. It's a chip that goes in your brain, has Bluetooth, and will connect you to the AI HiveMind cloud. The potential impacts of the latter are human changing. Point one greatly increases human capabilities and potentially great disparities between humans depending on the details of the individually installed and direct interactive capabilities and their availability and cost. So what they're saying there is that some humans may become even more of haves and other humans will become even more of have-nots based on the difference between the two technologies and who can afford them and whether you are just going to be a biological human and I am going to be a super robotic AI human. See, one of us will be a monkey and the other will be the greatest thing that was ever created, the super race. Rather than humans versus the machines, we are merging. As you saw Kurzweil mention in the video, and you will see Musk mention, and Ray Kurzweil and Yuval Harari all talk about this. The merger of humans and machines. Dennis Bushnell actually said in that speech that we should not be afraid of it. It's not the machines versus the humans. It's the merger of the two. We call that transhumanism. Ray Kurzweil sort of calls it singularity. Transhumanism, singularity. As indicated, it is all in our heads, and humans may decide that the God's eye view and knowledge of the connectome machine, intelligence, knowledge, data, existence, is preferable to maintaining the rest of the wet electrochemistry, physiology, and humans could upload into the machines. See, some people will want to keep their biological selves. Others are going to want to upload into the machines. Interesting, is it not? Uploading into the machines. This is NASA publishing this. And that's uploading your consciousness into the cloud, the AI hive mind neocortex. This latter possibility has moved from science fiction to serious research efforts through companies like Elon Musk Neuralink. There are three major possibilities and their combinatorials with regard to evolution of the humans ever more becoming cyborg-like. A bioevolution enabled very long life with enhanced capabilities and uploading. I mean, does this freak you out in any way that our government is doing this? We talked in a couple of episodes, I think in particularly episode three with Yuval Harari, that this sounds very Nazi-like. Well, I mean, coming from NASA, is that really a surprise? I mean, NASA had many scientists that came right out of the Nazi regime that the United States government brought here under Operation Paperclip, which is declassified. We brought Nazi scientists back here. In some cases, we actually covered up their past, and we put them to work on superhuman programs, technology, rockets, and such. Werner von Braun, a big player, we'll do a whole show on him, 
in NASA. He used to go on TV with Walt Disney on Sunday nights in the wonderful world of Disney. He was a Nazi scientist. We put him in at NASA, gave him a lot of power, and basically covered up his past. He was a huge bigwig in Huntsville, Alabama, where a lot of the NASA technology takes place. He was like a local celebrity. People didn't know what his past was. So let's see. Whether humans require serious study, there are developments with regard to all three of these futures, and others will probably arise. The first two futures are ongoing efforts, and the third is under study. These are perhaps more near-term than some think. They actually say in here, there are three major possibilities but with regard to evolution of the humans ever more becoming cyborg-like, a bioevolution enabled very long life with enhanced capabilities and uploading. Hans Moravec suggested we would explore the stars as our mind children. For example, we will upload. See, that also has to do with what's called mind twins, where you twin yourself, and this has to do with uploading the consciousness, where you take your whole memory, your whole brain, everything, and you upload it to this AI hive mind. And so there's this virtual twin of yourself, your mind that can hop bodies, biological or not biological. I mean, it's, it's hard to understand and comprehend, but we are going to get into mind twins in another episode through a company called AI Foundation, owned by a guy named Lars Butler, who is another mad scientist i think what we are going to do after this break is i'm just going to show you one more government program that bushnell had mentioned where the military is building cyborgs and sort of these super human uh military soldier fighters and then we're going to get into musk because this is it's just so much information that i'm trying to unpack and tie the pieces together so that you could understand them and then we're going to move on and we're going to just get into musk and i'm going to analyze musk for you because we need to get to the point where i show you who's actually behind Neuralink, the brain chip company it's all very complicated but it's all very interesting and it's all very necessary for you to understand so that we can figure out how to live around this how we can navigate it how we can hopefully not take part in it i am dustin gold and this is the dustin gold standard you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on Folks, we are back from uploading our consciousness into the cloud. I'm Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. And I just showed you proof that NASA... is promoting the development of artificial intelligence brain chips and uploading your consciousness to the cloud. Isn't it great to know that your government is hard at work for you? Let me just show you this article here 
from The Atlantic in November 2018. Again, I keep using a lot of these older articles because I really want you to see that this technology and the development of the technocracy in the fourth industrial era has been around for many, many years. Okay, the Pentagon's push to program soldiers' brains. Remember, Dennis Bushnell mentioned this. There's actually a lot of articles about this out there. This is not a secret. The military really doesn't hide it. So, again, this is Tony Stark, Iron Man type of shit. The Pentagon's push to program soldiers' brains. The military wants future super soldiers to control robots with their thoughts. By Michael Gross. And this is Gross, Michael. So you have an appropriate name. One, who could object? Tonight, I would like to share with you an idea... While that's happening, the website is flip-flopping and ads are popping up everywhere. That's just how it works these days. The wonderful world of technology. And who am I to complain? There's ads that run on my show. It puts food on the table, goddammit. Okay, one, who could object? Quote, tonight I would like to share with you an idea that I am extremely passionate about, end quote, the young man said. His long black hair was swept back like a rock star's or a gangster's. Is he talking about me? Quote, think about this, end quote, he continued. Quote, throughout all human history, the way that we have expressed our intent, the way we have expressed our goals, the way we have expressed our desires has been limited by our bodies, end quote. When he inhaled, his ribcage expanded and filled out the fabric of his shirt. What is this writer in love with this man? Is this a Fabio novel? Jesus. Gesturing toward his body, he said, quote, We are born into this world with this, whatever nature or luck has given us. End quote. His speech then took a turn. Quote, now we've had a lot of interesting tools over the years, but fundamentally the way that we work with those tools is through our bodies. End quote. Then a further turn. Quote, Here's a situation that I know all of you know very well. Sounds like Trump. Here's a situation that I know all of you know very well. I don't know it, but other people know. Some people know, but others do not. I know that you know, that all of us know, that some of us know, that I know that we are here together this evening. Maybe, probably, who knows, not me, and especially not you. Only I do. Okay, here's a situation that I know all of you know very well. Your frustration with your smartphones, right? This is another tool, right? And we are still communicating with these tools through our bodies, end quote. And then it made a leap. Quote, I would claim to you that these tools are not so smart. And maybe one of the reasons why they're not so smart is because they're not connected to our brains. Maybe if we could hook those devices into our brains, they could have some idea of what our goals are, what our intent is, and what our frustration is, end quote. So began Beyond Bionics, a talk by Justin C. Sanchez, then an associate professor of biomedical engineering and neuroscience at the University of Miami. 
and a faculty member of the Miami Project to Cure Paralysis. See, they always run these government programs to build this technocratic technology through programs like curing paralysis, helping kids with one toe, things like that, stuff that you can't argue with. You know, imagine going to the grocery store or the gas station or even Goodwill, and they always say, uh, you know, you buy a pack of gum, it's a, do- a, do- oh, a dollar, no, it's $17.92 now, and they always say, would you like to round up to the nearest dollar to put brain chips in kids with paralysis? No, thank you. Ah, uh, you're so, you're so selfish, so greedy, you don't want to help put brain chips in kids with paralysis. Well, anyway, this guy, Justin, was speaking at TEDx conference in Florida in 2012. What lies beyond bionic, Sanchez described his work as trying to, quote, understand the neural code, end quote, which would involve putting, quote, very fine microwave electrodes, end quote, the diameter of a human hair, quote, into the brain, end quote. Sounds crazy, man. This is at TED Talks. It's real. You're going to hear Elon Musk say all this same stuff in his own words. He'll explain to you how he's going to put this brain chip into your head. When we do that, Justin said, we would be able to, quote, listen into the music of the brain, end quote, and, quote, listen into what somebody's motor intent might be, end quote, and get a glimpse of, quote, your goals and your rewards, end quote, and then, quote, start to understand how the brain encodes behavior, end quote. I believe Dr. Frankenstein was doing the same thing, if not the Nazi scientist who developed a program called MKUltra that we brought here and continued under CIA Director Alan Dulles, of which they named an airport after in the Washington, D.C. metro area, And they operated such program out of Fort Detrick, which shares space with the National Institute of Cancer Research, two miles from my house. MKUltra, mind control. What do you think they're talking about? Sticking wires into your brain and controlling and reading your mind. Of which Google has a mind reading program, of which we will get into on another episode. I know someone firsthand who almost worked for them. But let's continue. Justin explained, quote, with all of this knowledge, what we're trying to do is build new medical devices. Ah, oh, always medical. New implantable chips for the body that can be encoded or programmed with all of these different aspects. Oh, yay. Now you may be wondering, what are we going to do with those chips? Well, the first recipients of these kinds of technologies will be the paralyzed. Ah, the first recipients. And you will see Elon Musk echo this. He sells it that they're going to help them first, but Musk tells Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan experience three separate times in 2018, 2020, and 2021 that as soon as they are done with the paralyzed, they're moving on to regular people. And now Musk actually is moving forward into human trials with his Neuralink brain chip. And as you saw Bushnell say, 
in his NASA report in November 2020 that it will first start with people like problems like uh, paralysis, but then move forward to augment the brain. And that is developing the third layer of the brain that sits above the neocortex. See how it all connects? All the pieces. This is the dream of their technocratic matrix where you'll be living inside of your own head. Well, the first recipients of these kinds of technologies will be the paralyzed. It would make me so happy by the end of my career if I could help get somebody out of their wheelchair. End quote. My grandfather got polio in 1952. I knew him since I was born in 1990, uh, 1981 as being in a wheelchair. Never once did I dream about getting him out of his wheelchair by sticking a brain chip inside his head. I wanted to hit him upside the head a few times, but that is beside the point. Justin Sanchez went on, quote, The people that we're trying to help should never be imprisoned by their bodies, and today we can design technologies that can help liberate them from that Yeah, they can disconnect their brain from their body and upload it to the cloud so they can download their body into a nanobot robot suit. That sounds amazing. That's what someone who loves you does for you. I'm truly inspired by that, said Sanchez. It drives me every day when I wake up and get out of bed. Thank you so much. And quote, he blew a kiss to the audience. The mission is to make human beings something other than what we are, with powers beyond the ones we're born with. A year later, this is where it gets interesting, after that love story, because clearly this author is in love with this dude. A year later, Justin Sanchez went to work for the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, otherwise known as DARPA. That's one of the government's Frankenstein laboratories. We are going to cover a lot of technology coming out of DARPA in this show because there is so much stuff there, and it's actually very important because you need to know what the government is developing. So he went on to work at DARPA, the Pentagon's R&D department, its research and development department. At DARPA, he now oversees all research on the healing and enhancement of the human mind and body, and his ambition involves more than helping get disabled people out of their wheelchair. Much more. DARPA has dreamed for decades of merging human beings and machines. Again, that is called transhumanism, or as I call it, anti-humanism. See, I am a human. I'm trying really hard in my life not to fight with other humans over politics, over right, left, conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat. I don't want to fight with them over Black Lives Matter versus MAGA or Antifa versus, you know, whatever, because it doesn't matter. These are the elites getting us to fight with each other while they are advancing transhumanism, which is anti-humanism. If you build an artificial intelligence that is smarter than humans and will render humans useless, then you are anti-humanity. Let's get through this paragraph. Some years ago, when the prospect of mind-controlled weapons became a public relations liability for the agency, I hope it did, officials resorted to characteristic ingenuity. 
They recast the stated purpose of their neurotechnology research to focus on ostensibly on the narrow goal of healing injury and curing illness. You see what he says right here? They got caught talking about this mind-controlled weaponry, and therefore they had to rebrand themselves that they were actually focused on curing injury and illness and disease. The work wasn't about weaponry or warfare, agency officials claimed. It was about therapy and health care. Who could object? See? Always this slippery slope, but it's not really. It's just propaganda to force you into the adoption of such technology and put you in a place like standing at the cash register where you cannot say no to rounding up $1.95 to $2 because you're helping putting brain chips in kids' heads who were born with one leg. It's, it's, it's sickening. But even if this claim were true, such changes would have extensive ethical, social, and metaphysical implications. Within decades, neurotechnology could cause social disruption on a scale that would make smartphones and internet look like gentle ripples on the pond of history. Most unsettling, neurotechnology confounds age-old answers to this question, what is a human being? Think about that over the break. What is a human being? I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. We are back here on the battleship, the Pain Battleship, here at Pain.tv. I am Dustin Gold, your commander. During this episode of the Dustin Gold Standard, I am just going to show you a little bit more from this article. We don't have to go into depth on this. We're going to do a whole episode on the military technology to create super robots. But I wanted to show you this because it's going to tie into what Elon Musk is doing over at Neuralink. Uh, Part two of this article, High Risk, High Reward. In his 1958 State of the Union address, President Dwight Eisenhower declared that the United States of America, quote, must be looking forward Uh, I'm sorry, must be forward-looking in our research and development to anticipate the unimagined weapons of the future, end quote. A few weeks later, his administration created the Advanced Research Projects Agency, a bureaucratically independent body that reported to the Secretary of Defense. This move had been prompted by the Soviet launch of the Sputnik satellite. The agency's original remit was to hasten America's entry into space. But see, Eisenhower actually went on in his farewell address to warn of the military-industrial complex and to warn of the technocracy and to, to sort of to thank these scientists to appreciate them for the work they did but to not let them rule over us which would be a technocracy so as you can see the military is working on this 
technology, creating super soldiers. And it has been going on for many, many years. Is that not a continuation of Nazi programs? We love to teach about the evil Nazis in our public indoctrination centers called schools. When I grew up, we learned about it. But what they never told you is that during the war, we were capturing Nazi scientists, holding them as prisoners. And then after the war, we brought 1,600 of them back to the United States and strategically placed them in different government departments and in private sector jobs to be scientists to develop the very technology that they were building for the Nazis under the guise that the Nazis were building it. Therefore, we had to do it because it was a technological race. Oh, and they also said that Russia had captured some of these scientists as well, brought them back to Russia, and they were going to develop this technology, when what they should have done is probably took the technology, took the scientists, and buried them in a giant hole, and called for an international treaty to ban all of this technological development, if they were true humanitarians and not looking to further take over the world, as we all know that is what was going on <laughs> and is going on. It's a worldwide prison planet built on Nazi technology. So now we looked at Bushnell, okay? We looked at what he talked about with brain chips, and now we're going to move forward and focus here on Elon Musk because Musk is going to be the introduction to the quote-unquote private sector side of these brain chips. I told you, they develop this stuff inside of the government through NASA, through DARPA, through the CIA, and then they move them out into these sort of private sector shell companies, and they put people like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Peter Thiel in charge of them so that they have a private sector puppet and someone who could make the technology look cool and hip to the consumer so that they adopt it and they make it cool and hip to other investors that may not be directly involved with the government, but to put private sector money behind it. And then once once a hedge fund uh, or, or a money market or whatever, they take this money from, from people's pensions, uh, from 401ks, and they invest it into these technologies, then everyone has a reason to want to see it succeed through greed. So if your 401k holds uh, some kind of a fund that has Neuralink, you're cheering on Neuralink, you want it to succeed. Very simple. And this is how they bribe everyone from the top levels all the way down to the bottom. So Let's first look at this article called Elon Musk Warned of a Terminator-Like AI Apocalypse. Now he's building a Tesla robot. And this is in, what is this on, CNBC. There's so many of these articles. This is not fake news. This is all real. Elon Musk is doing this stuff. So I can pull these sources from anywhere I want. I just look, I know what I'm looking for, and I look for the first article that uh, is the best written one that I can show you guys as an example. And why I'm doing this at first is I want to illustrate to you that Elon Musk is this fork-tongue devil, okay? 
going back to like 2012, they say that Elon Musk was always warning of of this technology, warning that AI was going to be very terrible. But at the same time, and you're going to see this through the videos, that Elon Musk has been building it the entire time that he claims that it's evil and we shouldn't be building it. We shouldn't be building it, but I'm building it. You see, Musk plays this game very similar to Trump, right? Don't wear the mask. Wear the mask. I don't wear the mask. You're patriotic. If you put on the mask, if you put on the mask, you're not patriotic. That's the way it is. I got the jab. I won't get the jab. No one should get the jab. Everyone should get the jab. The jab is good. It's a great jab. Great shot. Beautiful shot. I would never say this, but other people have said, other people have said that the jab is wonderful and it's incredible. It's so stupid. I love it. You love it. Smartest jab. Greatest jab. Unbelievable jab. So great. Got the jab. Got the jab. I'll get the jab. I'll wear the mask. I'll never wear the mask. You wear the mask. Put on the mask. Don't put on the mask. Believe me. Believe me. We'll do it together. We will fight the invisible enemy. We'll do it. So, Elon Musk warned of a Terminator-like AI apocalypse. Now he's building a Tesla robot. For years, Tesla CEO Elon Musk warned people about the dangers of AI-powered robots, even predicting, quote, scary outcomes, quote, like in the Terminator. Now he seems to be taking matters into his own hands before humanity is overrun. You see? You see? You see it. Elon Musk warns of the scary outcomes of AI like the Terminator, but now he's taking matters into his own hands before humanity is overrun. Before humanity is overrun by what? By what? The very technology that he's building? He's building it, telling you it's bad, but he's building it. it, Do you see the gaslighting? Does it make you feel crazy to even try to process this? Sometimes I'm sitting here doing the research and I am like, am I crazy? Am I missing something? Am I seeing this wrong? How does everyone else fall for this guy? How do they fall for this hacker, pirate, criminal, thief, liar? Really? But see, read the first part of that. Elon Musk warned people about the dangers of AI-powered robots, even predicting, predicting, scary outcomes like in the Terminator. You see, when they put the word predicting, that's where they are putting Elon Musk on the level of a Ray Kurzweil or a Yuval Noah Harari where he's a prophet. He's predicting the scary outcomes. Well, guess what? Kurzweil and Yuval Harari are correct in their predictions because as I told you, they aren't actually prophets. They aren't actually futurists or fortune tellers, they're actually just telling you about the technology that they're building or are involved with building and promoting. And so when Musk is predicting the scary outcomes, he's not predicting it, he's telling you what he's building. I am building something that's going to have a scary Terminator-like outcome. So he's another futurist. He's just telling you about the technology that he is building. The electric vehicle company will develop a humanoid robot prototype dubbed the Tesla Bot. Musk announced the Tesla's Artificial Intelligence Day on Thursday. This article is from uh, August 2021, by the way. I just wanted to show you that Musk warned 
of this Terminator-like technology. And we're going to go down in this article to where he it is good. It, class, it kind of packaged together some of his warnings. So it says here, Musk track record of caution against AI robots. While Musk is known for his support and development of artificial intelligence, known for his support and development of artificial intelligence, he's long opposed the pace of advancement in robotics often citing a film that came out when he was just 13 years old. Quote, I like to just keep an eye on what's going on with artificial intelligence, Musk told CNBC's Closing Bell in 2014, adding, quote, there have been movies about this. You know, like The Terminator, there are some scary outcomes, end quote. In 2017, Musk publicly referenced the Terminator again, citing his neurotechnology startup Neuralink, which aims to develop brain implants for humans to interface with machines. Transhumanism. As a preventive tool against a threat like Skynet, the 1984 movie's AI antagonist, Quote, that is the aspiration to avoid AI becoming other, end quote, he wrote on Twitter. Now, let's move on a little further. Later that year, Musk doubled down on his warning while speaking at that year's annual summer meeting of the National Governors Association, a Washington, D.C.-based nonpartisan political organization. Quote, robots will be able to do everything better than us. End quote. Musk said during his speech, quote, I have exposure to the most cutting-edge AI, and I think people should be really concerned by it. End quote. See, he's Tony Stark with Jarvis, his AI sidekick. He built it. He has exposure to the most cutting-edge AI, and he's warning about it. Well, wouldn't be a problem if he didn't develop it, would it? If he didn't follow in the footsteps of Minsky, who we will talk about in future shows, in the footsteps of Ray Kurzweil and others, Musk could have used his power and fame from Tesla, his Tony Stark-like fame from SpaceX, to kill this concept of artificial intelligence. But that's not what he's there for. He is there to normalize it and to make it cool. And I will show you exactly how he does that When we get back from this break, I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Folks, we are back from the metaverse. I put on my VR headset. And I was in there being anyone I want to be. I downloaded my brain into the mind of Elon Musk and I was walking around in the metaverse like a robot with an AI chip in my head. And I was Elon Musk and I told myself, shame on you, shame on you for summoning the demons 
Let's continue here. I was telling you about Elon Musk's track record of speaking out against AI while at the same time developing it. Here's an article I found, Artificial Intelligence Latest News on analyticsinsight.net. AI, the biggest existential threat to humankind, says Elon Musk. Adopting AI is like, quote, summoning the demon, end quote, says Elon Musk. See, summoning the demon. He tells you he's summoning the demon. Elon Musk says adopting AI is like, quote, summoning the demon, end quote. Musk believes that artificial intelligence can invoke the next world war and result in dominating the world and that robot leadership is a threat to the world. He also warns that the world will never be able to escape when those intelligent AIs will become deathless authoritarians. Take a deep breath there. Take a deep breath because that fills in a lot of gaps for us here at the Dustin Gold Standard. Let me get a sip of tea. My wife is pregnant, and so she doesn't drink coffee. And I gave up coffee and drink non-caffeine tea right alongside her. That is one of the secrets to a beautiful, healthy relationship. Supporting your partner. But when I go into the metaverse, I drink coffee, goddammit. I drink all the coffee I want. But listen, listen to this. Musk also warns that the world will never be able to escape when those intelligent AIs will become deathless authoritarians. Well, who were we speaking about who wants to become deathless? Who wants to become immortal? Ah, Ray Kurzweil, right? Yuval Harari, these king philosophers of the technocracy, they are the ones seeking out immortality. They are the ones who want to biohack their bodies to stop aging and disease so that they could eventually put nanorobots into their bloodstream to help their bodies, their biological bodies, not break down until they can connect their brain to an AI hive mind neocortex through Elon Musk Neuralink so that they can upload their consciousness to a cloud and then download that into other biological or non-biological bodies. So who will the deathless authoritarians powered by AI really be? See, Musk? We know what you're doing. We know what you're up to. That is what they're going to become. That's why he's saying and telling you that we are summoning the demon. Because why would any man who respects the creator or respects natural life as these guys pretend they do, but not really, they're not even good at that. Why would they want to summon the demon? Why would they build AI? Why would they invest in AI? Why would they invest in brain chips and creating AI, hive mind, cloud-based neocortex simulations why would they build the metaverse 
because they want to become the super intelligent AI deathless authoritarian. Now we are getting into the real, real goals of these people to become super intelligent AI deathless authoritarians. I like that. I like that a lot. One of his statements included that, quote, we need to be super careful with AI as they are potentially more dangerous than nukes, end quote. Well, if they're potentially more dangerous than nukes, they're more dangerous than nukes. Because later on, you will see in video, he's just referring to whose hands it's in. And as I said to you in episode four, let's pretend Elon Musk was a humanitarian. Let's pretend he's a really good guy and all he wants to do is is basically grab control of this artificial intelligence so that he can make sure it's developed correctly, that there's safeguards in place, and then that way it doesn't kill humanity, but he can use it where it can be a benefit to humanity. But as I said, if he dies, then who takes over the company? Like one of the bad guys in uh, one of these Marvel movies gets in control of it? Well, then he helped develop something that was only good in his hands, but will be bad in everyone else's. Because they want to become super intelligent AI deathless authoritarians. See, that's why it's a lie. Elon Musk is a complete and total liar. And I'll show you, and I'm going to comment a lot on this in the videos that are to come, because Elon Musk, I told you, is a fork-tongue lying piece of trash. He constantly talks about how they're, even 25 years from now, uh, once technology is growing exponentially, the humans, him, these guys are still going to be programming it. I brought this up in another episode. It's basically a software in which they're going to be in control of. So when they're beaming this, this intelligence down into your brain via the Neuralink through this AI hive mind neocortex, and you can, oh, you'll hear him. You can stop and play your life and beam yourself to other parts and change the people that were, like, let's say we're talking right here, but I really wanted Pamela Anderson next to me and Borat or something and getting them enough. I can do that. But the humans are the ones programming it because he talks about how they need humans to continue to program it. So the AI doesn't write itself. There's no danger of the AI taking over. It's these guys who want to be the super intelligent AI deathless authoritarians, the ones building it, developing it, architecting it, and connecting it up via programs like SpaceX's Starlink, which is Elon Musk, they're going to be in control of it. But before we take, actually, what I'm going to do, I decided, because we're approaching two hours on this, this show really needs three parts. Because on the next episode, I need to go through and analyze Musk's artificial intelligence and then introduce you to Neuralink. And then in the third show, I'm going to break down for you who the investors are behind Neuralink, who's actually controls Neuralink, and then we can start to make some guesses as to why these type of people would want to develop a brain chip that may or may not go into their head. But as I mentioned to you before, Elon Musk is a expert propagandist. He's a marketing guy. He makes himself seem like he's cool, and that's how he's getting the kids to latch on to him, to follow him. 
He makes them believe he loves them. He's one of them. He's just this really smart autistic guy who comes up with these ideas. He wants to save humanity. People can't get jobs. He's going to get you universal basic income. And so that's how they do this. And that's why they chose someone like Elon Musk to play the part of Iron Man, to play the part of Tony Stark. This is what he did on Joe Rogan Experience the first time that he went on the show in 2018. And let me bring up this point. For anyone who thinks Joe Rogan is on your side, he is not. Joe Rogan got his fame and made his first fortune in the show Fear Factor. Okay, Fear Factor. Joe Rogan was in Fear Factor. Now, Fear Factor, if you ever watched it, this was basically like CIA mind-control torture experiments. He put five, six people on a show to compete. He was the host. And they would climb in a tank and be covered with scorpions or have to eat, you know, snake guts and, like, all kinds of crazy, disgusting stuff. And some of this is really well known in sort of this MK Ultra torture and everything else. So that's who Ro- that's what Rogan started as. And then when you watch him, his job is to normalize these technocrats. He sits there and he goes, yeah, dude, like... Yeah, that's like really like, yeah, it's really scary. But I love you, man. You're smart. You're like going to come and save the world. You're going to save the world. You're so smart. You're so awesome, dude. You're so awesome. That's his job. That's why he gets paid hundreds of millions of dollars to normalize the technocrats, to normalize the technocracy, to sell this idea to people like Joe Rogan's so big, he's bad, he does steroids, but he's cool because he does ayahuasca and mushrooms and DMT and he drinks whiskey nonstop on his show. And so he's cool. And if this big, bad, cool steroid guy thinks it might be kind of cool to live in the metaverse, then so be it. And so that's what we're dealing with with Joe Rogan. But let me show you right here on Joe Rogan's show how they normalized Elon Musk, the first time he appeared, with an audience of over 50 million people watch this, and then they put this on television, and they make it look like everyone is shocked that Elon Musk did this, which further pushes him into this rebel status, like he's some kind of rebel. In the next episode, we are going to show you all the government money Elon Musk gets all the grants, all the tax subsidies that he takes. Elon Musk is not raging against the machine. Elon Musk is the goddamn machine. In fact, he is trying to merge man with machine. Watch this lying propagandist on the Joe Rogan experience. Billionaire Tesla head Elon Musk. What is he up to? Uh, we know... What is he up to? What he's up to. Uh, Once again, seeming to dare people to call him out. Oh, he's daring people to call him out. He's such a rebel. I mean, it's Uh, legal, right? It's totally legal. Okay. Okay, so for the audio-only audience here at the Dustin Gold Standard, Elon Musk is sitting at a table with Joe Rogan at the Joe Rogan Podcast, and they are passing a joint back and forth, a marijuana joint back and forth. Not that I care, but I'm saying this is propaganda. This is, And this goes to show you how little they think of you, of humans, especially your children, your grandchildren, younger people. They believe that this kind of stuff actually gets people to follow Musk because he's cool and he smoked a stupid joint. 
How does that work? Do people get yeah. upset at you if you do certain things? Do, do, do you see this right here? There's uh, tobacco us. and marijuana in there. Is he inhaling? Yeah, no, I'm not sure. Okay, whether. Okay, and this doofus on uh, MSNBC is going, is he inhaling? They're watching the video, like, seeing if Musk actually inhaled. They bring on Bill Clinton. I did not inhale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also did not have sex with that woman, Hillary. Whether or not he's inhaling, he, he's in a state where, where, it, where it's legal. But right there, Elon Musk is seen uh, taken in a joint during a podcast interview with Joe Rogan. All right, also this morning, two top executives for the company, that company, Elon Musk's company, Tesla, announced... Yeah, so the two of them were sitting there drinking whiskey and smoking pot. That's supposed to make this mad scientist government frontman be cool. And guess what? It worked. Because look where he was in 2018 compared to where he is now. And then they go on in this MSNBC piece that a couple of guys from the company were so mad they walked away... Folks, it's propaganda, propaganda at the highest levels. This was ready to go out. It puts Elon Musk on a stage. Remember, at this time, they also had, uh, you know, Andrew Yang was pushing universal basic income on behalf of Elon Musk. I went to a conference called Politicon in 2020 uh, in Nashville, and um, there's there a leftist, left-wing, uh, left-leaning conference, and I interviewed a lot of younger kids with the former host I produced for her, and they were like, oh, Andrew Yang, we're with the Yang gang. He's going to give us $1,000 universal basic income. Yang was completely backed by Elon Musk and pushing this idea of universal basic income because the technocrats want that. And then you had all these 20-year-old kids running around saying it was awesome that $1,000 a month, it was, like, was going to save them or make a difference in their lives. First off, if you give everyone $1,000, that's effectively $0. Because everyone has it, so now it equals zero, number one. And number two, what are you doing with $1,000 these days? Filling up uh, one tank of gas? I mean, come on, folks. Come on. Elon Musk is not cool. Elon Musk is summoning the demon. Exactly what he said. He's summoning the demon. He is creating artificial intelligence. He is building the satellite network that is going to connect the artificial intelligence. He is helping build the satellite network that is going to be the power behind the AI hive mind neocortex that Ray Kurzweil, Yuval Harari, and these other madmen talk about. Elon Musk is developing the brain chip through his company Neuralink, the brain chip that this mad scientist Dennis Bushnell at NASA openly talks about, brags about, and is trying to push forward and help with the adoption campaign. Folks, we are dealing with a group of bad guys, very bad guys, just like in the Marvel comic books and the Marvel movies. The technocrats are psychopathic. They don't care about the future for you and for me. They want immortality. In the next episode of the Dustin Gold Standard, I am going to play Joe Rogan's interviews with Elon Musk, and we are going to analyze them. I am then going to introduce you to the Neuralink brain chip technology, how it works, and where Elon Musk is with it right now. And then we are going to break down the investors and the money and the men behind Neuralink. You need to see the type of people investing and in putting a brain chip inside of your head. At the end of the day, as Elon Musk admits, 
these men want to be super intelligent AI deathless authoritarians. That is what they want to be. They seek immortality for themselves. They seek to upload their consciousness into the AI hive mind neocortex cloud. They seek to do this so that they can live forever by beaming their mind down into either a biological or a non-biological body and they could live forever. They tell you they're doing this because they want to love people forever. Because they want to create things. They're doing this because they want to control all natural life. From every human being down to the last blade of grass. You're dealing with people that want to be and are working on becoming super intelligent AI deathless authoritarians. That is the most extreme form of technocracy, where the scientists and the engineers rule over everyone else. Elon Musk's paternal grandfather was involved with the beginning of the technocratic movement in Canada in the 1930s. This is who Elon Musk is. That is what is bred into him. He is no friend of yours. He is no Tony Stark. He is no Iron Man. He is not looking to save humanity. He is looking to enslave humanity. He wants to be a super intelligent AI deathless authoritarian. That's all he is. He is a hacker. He is a pirate. He is a thief. He is a criminal. He is complete and total scum. These people are not your friends. Do not take their candy. Do not go help them find their dog. And definitely do not get on their ice cream truck. Walk away. Walk away from them and tell your children and your grandchildren to stay away. Tell them when they see Elon Musk to scream, Stranger danger! Stranger danger! Stranger danger! I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. Have a wonderful day. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world, built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.